Happy birthday. Yes. yes. To Gary hey, Otto. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. It's my birthday, guys. It's July 9th, uh, 2022. I am 43 years old. And uh, I'm here with Uva Ball. How you 43. doing, Uva? Yeah. So, look, I'm already 14 years older or 13 years older, but not wiser. So, and <laughs> so what kind of massage you booked? I mean, that you should tell everybody before we start. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not one of those massages okay. it's like a, it's just a regular massage just because fucking i'm sitting in front of a computer half the time my back hurts you know what i mean yeah it's unbelievable so yeah before we even start with all the new stuff whatever um i want to say a message to the people on facebook who follow me or who sent me messages whatever um Please don't think that I'm all the time on Facebook and that I can answer any kind of request or answer like, you know, like, it's, you know, when I'm whatever, when my birthday is and why then everybody writes me a personal message. It's nice, but you cannot be pissed off if I don't answer 140 individual messages. Yeah. This, is the Facebook side good to say thanks to all of you, right? So that is the one thing. The other thing is also that a lot of people have the feeling they follow me or whatever. They are my 5,000 friends I have and 5,300 followers. So, but they never read what I'm posting because they're sending me emails about stuff, what they would yeah. know if they would look at my posts. You know, or listen to Overball Raw, uh, 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 you know, to our, our, our podcast or whatever. And it's it's kind of like pissing me a little off. Like, how can you send somebody, uh, you say you follow somebody, but you never read what he's posting. And then you ask tons of individual questions, you know, so it's it's kind of absurd. So maybe. And on this show, we really answer a lot of these questions already. Tons of these questions come yeah. up through our conversation naturally. If they listen to the show, I think they would have it already answered. And I tell them this, I say, what, listen to the show. And then they say, I'm too lazy or I don't like podcasts or. Yeah, I know, but it's like ridiculous, you know? And then, so I just posted the profound exhibit has the premiere at the Buffalo Dreams Fantastic Film Festival. Oh. Somebody somebody sent me a, 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 an article about it. and But here's the point. Um, the original idea of the Profound Exhibit was like eight or nine directors putting a film together, like a short film, and it's an anthology. And I did the thing uh, with Clint Howard and Carolyn Williams and so on about like a guy who's basically having in this basement a girl what he's raping and he he has that 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 girl um uh just as a hostage and they, but they're acting like the super good neighbors or whatsoever so we did that film on our costs as everybody else maybe also and then we send it to the producers of course in the hope that whatever revenue comes in it goes to the filmmakers and yeah. now, after nine years or 10 years of development hell, they put that stuff together and now they're releasing it, but nobody ever contacted me. 
and said, okay, if it works, uh, why not um, like get the account number from Uwe Ball or from the other filmmakers? And I, because I don't think the other filmmakers are very excited about that. We're all very excited that the film comes out, but I don't think they're all very excited about uh, like who gets now any kind of revenues and uh, that it would be not fair to never account to the filmmakers who cash flowed this production. So, well, why don't we wait until it, out wait until it releases? What? Wait until it releases and then see how it does. And then if it does really well, then come back and say, hey, where's my money? No, no, of course. Yeah, no, I, but, I, but I say it very early on because it would be only fair if, for example, the people that did the films, that everybody gets a few DVDs or Blu-rays for free. Yeah. As an example, right? So it would be only good if that, uh, uh, if they think it through that they should not abandon now the filmmakers and should actually uh yeah stay well, i can write i can write them an email if you want and see what's up no problem yeah if you want like you know like i, I just think like they shouldn't like hide they should they should integrate everybody look and it's not really about for me like getting the thousand bucks out of them in the end but i think it's only fair if you do something you should be accountable for for your productions you know yeah yeah, and yeah they I, should be in touch with the filmmakers. That's true. Totally. And uh, another great article this week, uh, I think you read it, The Man Who Played Hollywood Inside Randall Emmett's Crumbling Empire. I've yes. Something about that too. And um, because I think that article showed a few, in the LA Times, I think it was the article, and I, I run into... Randall Emmett and Fola, they were on the set of In the Name of the King and they were like, they came, I think, what, whatever, did we talk about it already? No, but... but uh, you, I, you wrote a post about it and everybody loved that post, so tell yeah, us about know, it. Yeah, because it was like, I think they came to my set because they were in Vancouver at that point for whatever, another Steven Seagal film, and then I think they wanted to hook up with Jason Stassen. You know, they didn't came to set because they wanted to see how I shoot a film or about overball. They gave a fuck about me. They just yeah. came. They are squeezing themselves in to approach Jason Stetson maybe for a film. That is what I think. And then they were sitting behind me and I know that Emmett put his foot on my seat. So I was sitting in front of Video Village and, and I felt his foot touching my ass basically. <laughs> so, and that triggered it in me, right? Before that, I was just like ignoring them, and then it triggered it, and then I turned around and said, uh, "You boys, get the fuck off, like out of that stage." It was in the Vancouver Film Studios, and I said, "Like you can fuck off and leave." And I think at that point they recognized that because look at Randall Emmett, right? He's a fat fuck, so uh, that I would like completely pulverize him if I would like get violent. And so they left uh, right away and never heard from them again. But in all that years, in the film market, everybody bought their films. Okay. You know, and that is also a thing where I want to give shit to the individual buyers. Because I know all the companies, they bought all their films. And everybody knew when you watched the films that whatever Bruce Willis had two shooting days. 
or John Travolta or Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. And they just got a few million bucks for basically no work in a shit film, mostly shot in Detroit and stuff like this for like six million bucks. And from the six million, four million went to an actor. And it, it the quality was so low, you know, and I delivered films where I got less money for, but the as then, because I didn't have that superstars in my films, but I put my money into the effects, into the CGI, into the size, the setting, and so on. You know, Alone in the Dark, Blood Rain, they look big, and because they are big. Oh, yeah. Know, stuff like this, and, and with the special effects of CGI, House of the Dead, and the name of the king, whatever. And, and I didn't really... Um, got a warm welcome from the buyers. They preferred to buy all these crappy films from Emmett Fuller uh, with no story, bad acting, uh, because they had for 10 minutes Robert De Niro running through the picture. And it is still, <laughs> you know, and it's still pissing me off that, that because that story shows something else, similar to the Harvey Weinstein story and whatever, is that Hollywood a lot of times it's just a bunch of bullshitters and scumbags. Yeah. You know, they're all so. in it for the money. They're not only in for the money. You think that they give a shit about all that films they shot? Zero. Yeah, it's like that movie The Player, Robert yeah. Altman. Yeah, yeah. But even in The Player, I think that Tim Robbins gave a little more about the films as, as them. For but he them, was also a scumbag. He was a pretty big scumbag. scumbag. Exactly. They lie. They don't account. And I think it's so typical when you read the article that they had 30 million debt now. You know, they're all driving with fucking Ferraris, flying with private jets, and they still shot the movie with John Travolta right now. How is that possible? <laughs> if you owe 30 million bucks to everybody, from credit card companies to hotels to rental car companies, he, he owes a half a million in his in his uh, 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 rent in the offices. Yeah, you know, and and whatever like other people would get evicted out of the offices a half a year ago. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know, dude. I think that uh, this is a conundrum. Big yeah. question. Yes. It's it's unbelievable, and it's it's uh, 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 this kind of also like have we learned a millennium film? They also did all of this. They made bigger movies in between, but they started also with this kind of typical. We don't spend anything below the line. We buy some big names and uh, let them let them play a little in the uh, in in the film for like. Uh, Five hundred thousand bucks a day. Yeah, that's like Travolta last eight movies, pretty much. Yeah, but it's so shocking, you know, uh, Gotti or whatever. Then here on Amazon Prime and whatever stuff I watch was then you you see the names, you put it on, and then you recognize it's just a crappy TV movie with a big star. Uh, oh, in Gotti it. was terrible. I saw Gotti in the theater. I was laughing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Terrible, you know, and that is the thing. But you see also, like, but I mean, it's it's really, but but what is pissing me off so much is that they're getting away with it for so long. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's it's just like, 
And well, the more that people buy that shit and watch that shit, they'll just keep on making it because people are that stupid. <laughs> yeah, you know, and uh, it's 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 very disappointing also about Hollywood. As an example, when you have Elliot Ness, our story right now, right? Yeah. An story, perfectly written, historically uh, very good research from the writer and about a real case, about a real American hero like Elliot Ness, and then we have problems to get good actors. Yeah. Because instead of the actors thinking like, yeah, I can make that movie happen if I attach myself to it, you know, they all play that that bullshit, like this kind of pay or play deal, like give me the money and then I say yes. And it's like, it it brings you also a little, uh, it makes me skeptical about what movies getting made is it is it just only greed yeah. you know what 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 leads actors to work also with directors they don't know like if they don't know me they can watch the four watch like some of the movies before you and not only look on google for three seconds and see i got the, the golden raspberry at one point you know it's like very disappointing for me that they are not willing to spend some uh, thoughts and some some time uh, looking into a project and instead it's like the Randall Emmett guys who come with just raise the money in a fraudulent way from tons of people and then like just okay you want three million bucks you only have to learn like two pages it's it's ridiculous you know that in a way they destroyed the market they made all that that because let's face it all that people who they got they were all at one point in their lives very, very, very good actors. Oh, yeah. I love Travolta, you know? Yeah, exactly. Travolta, De Niro, Pacino, uh, Bruce Willis, uh, uh, John Cusack, all that people were excellent actors at one point, you know? And then they just burned themselves, Nicolas Cage, with 100 movies with people like Randall Emmett and George Fuller. Yeah. You know, where, where the quality went down, the audience felt shitty, but the buyers were still buying that crap. And uh, it, it, Yeah, I don't think even Robert De Niro could sell a movie at this point. I mean, young Robert De Niro versus Robert De Niro now are like two different people. <laughs> yeah, and you think also, you know, when I read the whole thing about Robert De Niro, like his contract was even in the in the webs on the website, right? So uh he got 11 million bucks and then he wanted all that perks like he wanted to fly uh, to the barbados or whatever and then fly again to so he basically had in the contract that he can use two times a private jet to go on holidays additional to the private jet going to the film shoot and making 11 million bucks so uh, plus all the perks and and that free flights and do you think to Robert Hero, what is with your legacy? You know, I mean, Robert De Niro has, I would say, a personal wealth between a hundred and two hundred million dollars. Yeah, and, you know, he and, and he's old, so so why you do this? I mean, yeah. why do that to yourself? He is one of my all-time heroes. With uh, uh, you know, from from Cape Fear taxi driver, Raging Bull, The Godfather, whatever. He's one of the best actors who ever lived. 
And then he's doing movies in between where you think like, why you why you do this? Like, why you destroy your uh, your legacy? Like, do you have no? Are you not proud of what you did? <laughs> yeah. You know, you 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 make a, a joke out of yourself and. Uh, like Rocky and Bullwinkle, did you see that one? Oh no, no. He was he was terrible in Rocky and Bullwinkle. He played the bad guy. He was in like yeah, it was bad. Yeah, but or, or the same. But then you have to really say, look at the Daniel Day Lewis, the yeah. total opposite. Instead of like grabbing money, he stepped back from acting. Yeah, you know, and whatever he did, even if the 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 this. Where he played that Taylor guy was a horrible film, but of course he was not horrible as an actor in it. But whatever he did, there was the name was was a guarantee for that film is kind of an event. Yeah, you know, so you know, as Lincoln or whatever, there will be blood. My left foot, the boxer. Uh, I mean, he he put everything into it, and and yeah. that is. What I want, what what I want to see from an artist, from a, you know, somebody who takes that, who takes that serious, what they what they're doing, and uh, I think it's a shame that really, really rich people, also Bruce Willis, he didn't need it that two million bucks, to sit there and looks like a mummy and cannot remember a line, you know, but <laughs> no, but for real, I mean, the, the Bruce Willis is very, very rich. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they're all like nine figures rich like uh travolta i don't know he has a lot of airplanes and spends a lot of money nicholas cage we know he needed the money at one point like the wesley snipes with all the with all the uh, tech step and whatever nick you cage know. needed it for like his ex-wives and all of his like properties that he owns it eventually caught up with him yeah but 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 willis pacino and de niro had no no pressure to ever play movies like this Pacino. Imagine if we could get Pacino for the movie. That would be great. No, he can play a still can play a gangster even if he's eighty. You know, so uh, he could. They both could yeah. in, in Elliot Ness, uh, but not as Elliot Ness, but in the like the the city, the mayor of the city. Whatever. Dude, if you got Pacino in it in any role, I bet you we could get others. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, we're, we're still working on a cast. This week we had a good call with an agent. So uh, cannot release the name now, but but we will we will, we're moving slowly in the right direction. So let's see Good. Uh, what uh, if there's something positive to to report in a, in a bit about the Elliot Ness film. Okay, um, but back to what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, there's, with that subject, we're basically done. And uh, but it's like I felt it's very interesting and. Also, how long things take till they come out. Oh, yeah. I know 15 years ago that these guys were full of shit. And they could keep going and raise the money and talk bullshit to people. What, what is not in the article, I think what is now necessarily to come out, is what were the actually financial results of all that films? Hmm. Because you make a film, and then it's in the article too that he took like two million producer fees out of every budget. So now you take two million producer fee out, you give a Robert De Niro eleven million bucks. Yeah, and... you're almost fifteen million in the hole already. Yeah, and exactly. then what about the film? 
exactly and then that movies and all that movies were directed dvd movies basically and so now you actually have for that De Niro film at least 25 million bucks on the like costs so and it would be interesting to see how much money actually that movies uh, got back to the investors and and that, that is not really visible in that there's visible he owes 30 million but it's not visible about okay where are the results the sales reports of all that movies that would be very interesting for me to check that out because uh i did sales my whole life on the films and i know all the buyers and i know what they pay so for me it would be very interesting yeah to- yeah yeah and uh did you know it was another thing uh i almost made a video about it but um we can talk here about it did you know that show billions on HBO, like about okay. the, um, it's basically it's from from uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin and Brian Koppelman, and it's already four or five seasons. And I was a huge fan of the show, and then I turned into like the last season. Um, it's just a horrible bullshit show now because it's like, so it's a New York state attorney against billionaires, basically. And he tries to prove that they are like crooks. And, um, but in the last, uh, in the, in the last season, it would be interesting if our listeners could react to it, sending us emails about it. In the last season, you have the feeling every single actor tries to talk as fast as possible without making a mistake. I don't know what director gives them that that thing, but you know, when when people talk like, I know exactly what you want to do, and I, 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 you know, like this kind of like, <laughs> you, you barely can follow that. It's, I watched it with my wife and, and she said also, so she said like, I cannot watch it anymore. It's, it's, <laughs> and you know where, where when, you, when you never have the feeling uh, you like in a normal conversation you need some breaks times to understand what other person tells you to react properly yes you need to like have a breathe a breath yes have to think about it and uh uh and uh I can't be like, hey, I want to go get get a piece of cake. Hey, what do you have in the cake? You know, go to the kitchen. Yeah, okay, I'll go to the kitchen. What do you think I'm going to do there? You know, like, okay. And, and that is the thing. It's a, it's a complete episode. They never think about what they just heard. They have because they learned the lines, and then they deliver the lines like really like fast talking robots, and that alone is pissing me completely off. And also, so it has no humanity. It has no real human so, element. They're all like perfectly dressed fucking bankers or general attorneys and then it, it, so it it's spaced so far away from any form of reality that it's like a, it's a pain in the ass to watch it and that the uh, uh, the state attorney now it's just like he's not doing his job he's not trying to solve any crimes he's just trying to destroy billionaires businesses and so in a new season he fights against a guy who wants to try to get the Olympics to New York City. And it's just like, and then he made it happen that they don't get the Olympics. Well, and, it would never happen in real life because that no, would no, be. No, no, but, but the, the thing is, it's so absurd. You know, it's so absurd when you, when you, uh, 
when you see this, like, what is the job of a general attorney of New York City? There's not the job to undermine and trying to destroy a pitch to bring the Olympics to New York City. For what? Why is that his job? It's like his biggest uh, goal is to destroy the bit that that, that uh, New York uh, uh, is is doing the Olympics, and and it's completely on on the cost of the citizens of the yes, on the cost of the billionaire too. But the billionaire was like sponsoring shit endlessly and said, "Look, if we get the Olympics, we can get a new subway system installed and stuff like this." So some stuff where the New Yorkers would benefit from, and. Um, so I, I felt like it, it really went down the drain in a shocking way. Uh, and, and some of TV shows in general, I think uh, they shouldn't go over and over and over only to stretch it out longer. And then the last seasons are a pain in the ass. It's just oh like, yeah. Well, there's yeah. a lot of shows where like season four or season five, it all falls apart. Look at like Dexter. Yes, exactly. Where you have like this this this, this endless stretch, and the yeah. story just gets uh, uh, um, watered down. Watered down exactly, and artificial lengths it's like, like that. It gets always longer and longer and stretched out. You have said a lot also on Netflix on documentary shows and whatever because you have this kind of endless stretched out. Uh, uh, um, cases what you easy could tell in 90 minutes but then you have to watch six episodes each 45 minutes yeah so uh yeah it's it's unbelievable well they should they should realize a lot of these shows get everything that they need to say out really early in the early seasons because they're afraid that they're going to get canceled and then when they become a success they're like "Uh oh we just we 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 don't know what what the hell we're going to do well you know Let's do a little bit more of what we did, you know, like <laughs> gets a little boring after a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So the Japanese ex-president got shot. Oh, my goodness. And, and the guy who shot him uh, made the weapon at home. Yeah, it looked it, a it, strange thing, basically. In a head. homemade weapon. Yeah. He was caught immediately. And, and this is the ex-president, guys. Just so the ex-prime minister, excuse me, of yeah. Japan. Yeah, but that shows that I think that shows two things. The one is Japan; it's very hard to get a weapon, right? So I mean, that is the reason nobody ever gets shot. That's the first time I ever heard that in Japan somebody got shot. Yeah, I cannot remember any other attack or whatever. So uh, I think in Japan there are basically no weapons allowed at all so nobody yeah they're it. very strict very strict gun laws yeah and um and then but it shows something else too it shows that the whole world is not immune to fall into that conspiracy theorist traps and now japan is infected by it too and you have more and more people they're losing their shit yeah you'd think that japanese people would be more calm and collected but i guess not you know, that insanity runs in all circles. Yeah, in, in, really in all circles, right? And the guy was standing behind him, like, listen to the whole speech before he shot him. Did he? Oh, my goodness. I saw some photos where he was, like, listening for 10 minutes, 15 minutes behind him, like, and then he shot him. Yeah, that's got to be so terrifying as the guy who got shot. I mean, 
that's the most horrible way to go. Yeah, and uh, it's it's yeah that was a shocker this week, and then now Sweden and Finland getting into the NATO, they officially approved, uh, and um, how how soon will that come into effect? How quick? Fast, like the next few months, like one okay. or two. There are members and uh, um, yeah, and the, I mean the Ukraine war is like moving along. And I uh, met today, a guy, uh, not today, like two days ago, a friend of mine who goes into the Ukraine to save uh, dogs, street dogs. Yeah, and he did four tours already, and uh, he's going again. But he said the last tour was the most dangerous one because what's happening now is. Everywhere are mines, like uh, in the ground, you know, that you could, like, whatever. He said, like, in the first tour, you could go out of your truck and you go on the field and pee, for example, right? You yeah. pee and you go back in the truck. said, so it, it's impossible now. You blow up. Oh, my God. And he said, like, so it got way worse. And he said also, like, so he was driving in the middle of Ukraine. Right now, when you see the news, you see in the middle of Ukraine, nothing is actually happening. And he said, during he was driving, two like huge like rackets passed his truck and were flying in the in the building. Oh my God! But that, that shows that Putin is shooting uh, middle range rackets left and right just to keep the Ukrainians under nonstop fear that they will die. You know, yeah. I think that it's it's like when you. Uh, because when you just see the news, you think only in the South is the front line. And in the South, they fight like crazy. But what Putin is, is doing also, he's like terrorizing them. In every day, 10, 20 rackets just fly up to the North, into the Kiev, into the, the big cities. And so you wake up and you're terrified. You know? Oh, you're, yeah, I'd be too. I'd be fucking scared shitless. Yeah, you know. Because you never know when it makes, and you're done. And that because he wants to drive more refugees into Western Europe, you know, he wants to scare them that more and more Ukrainians leaving the country. So he wants to really bleed the country out. And uh, it shows what fucking asshole he is. Oh, yeah. 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 And, and the poor the, Ukrainians, you know. Yeah, it's it's horrible, but I also think they made a big mistake in in like missing the point to make a deal with Putin. Now Putin is is winning, and so the point is now it's harder um, to get to, him to stop. Yes, to make him to stop, right? So what do you want to do now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's. Uh, it's really uh, not so easy. I have no clue um, how this all plays out, but for the world, for the wheat production and so on, for Africa, it's very bad what's happening. Well, you, know? you saw that the Russian ambassador walked out of the G20 the other day because they were blaming Russia for the uh, uh, wheat crisis, the yeah. food, food shortage right now. So he, he, he got pissed off and he left. Yeah, I know, but what he was expecting. I mean, yeah, yeah. if they would never went into Ukraine, there would be no questions about anything. So, uh, you know, they triggered it all. Uh, and 
it's like it's like horrible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then we have Boris Johnson now finally toast in England. Yeah, they said they had a vote of no confidence in Boris Johnson as the party leader. Um, but he is still the prime minister. Yeah, I know, but he said he will be also no prime minister anymore in four. Oh, he said that. I didn't. I didn't uh, yeah. that. So they, they, okay. He said he said he because he has no more support. They they would vote him completely out, and then he wants to go out on his own terms. Means like he will uh, basically uh, the party will elect a follower, and then they vote the follower in and swear him in as the prime minister. Because what they don't want is new elections, because then his party would completely lose. Yeah. And, Uh, and so now they can, if he goes out uh, like uh, in his free decision will, then uh, they can just name another person from that same party uh, president. And so we we see and then we we uh, follow well, this. What's what will happen in England? His his tenure in politics was always very controversial Boris Johnson. So I'm not, I'm not surprised. It was only a matter of time. Yeah. He was the Brexit guy. The Brexit know? guy. Yeah. He wanted to get out. Then they finally got out after an absolute shit show for five years. And then when they finally got out, they were not prepared at all. We were surprised that now uh, there's a border. Now you have to show a passport You never had to do that before. Now you have to pay taxes to get stuff from the UK, uh, from the UK into Europe, and from Europe into the UK, and all that shit. And uh, that was all not really. They did a poll later in England. Are you still pro Brexit or not? And it was seventy thirty that the Brexit was a mistake. And uh, but now it's too late, so they're out, and you're not getting back. Yeah. Well, it was a fucking mistake, if you ask me. But oh well. Yeah. And then Elon Musk. Oh, uh, he, he's getting yeah. his ass sued. Everyone's yeah. like, so genius, so genius. He got them to admit that 50% of their accounts were fake. But, mm. you know, he's going to be forced to buy the company anyway. Yes, that because that deal was like signed, sealed, and done. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and to just say... You betrayed me. You didn't give me the infos, the complete infos, will be not enough to just get completely out of the deal. I think he has two options. He will pay up to 10, 15 billion to get wow. out of walk, walk away, or they will force him to close the deal. Yeah, because I think a lot of Uh, he did a lot of damage to their company. A lot of their high-ranking officials like resigned in protest that he was going to buy, and they were all prepared for the deal. Um, so I'm not sure who's even running the show over there. It must be chaos. Yeah, exactly. They, it would be like, uh, tough to say, but what, whatever, like snapshot, and you, you uh, uh, people the whole owners who created it, like on Twitter, are gone. Yeah. Because of it. Now he says, I'm not buying it. So, and then who's like in charge? Yeah, exactly. What's going on over there? Jack Dorsey? He's not yeah. there anymore, I don't think. No, but he's maybe coming back. Maybe. I, I don't know, but I mean, that would be the first guy they would ask and say, look, uh, 
It was all a joke. It was all a. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it was all a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Come back. He'll you be a... like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> they probably have to pay him a lot of money. Yeah, I know. And then at the same time, at Tesla, a lot of things don't don't work out very good right now. It's like they have problems with everything, and uh, I'm not so sure that that Tesla can survive everything. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Tesla is a very it's a risky project. It's a bold project. The car would be worth it if it wasn't so expensive to repair. I heard like every six months you have to give $20,000 to get it re, re, recalibrated. And if you don't go to one of their official Tesla dealers, they'll remotely turn your car off. They'll like yeah. switch it off. You can't use it anymore. Yeah. That's, it's, uh, it will be interesting, you know, in what direction. Uh it all goes. The world is in a recession. I got a letter yesterday from Canadian banks. They said also Canada goes in a recession. We have a huge inflation. The real inflation when it comes to energy and uh, food is 20%, not 6 or 7 Oh, my God. Everything is more expensive in, in food and, uh, and all this stuff. And, uh, yeah, this is... Uh, it, Let's it, hope that things get better before they get worse, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's, uh, and I don't want to destroy your birthday, so I let you go. <laughs> <laughs> and you have a good birthday. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's a lot of things. My hip is recovering good. So in the house, I don't use my crutches. Only when I'm walking out with the dog or whatever, I use my crutches. So uh, I feel that it heal, it's healing out and the pain goes every day, five, six, seven percent less pain. So I hope in 10 days, like around four weeks after the operation, I will be uh, almost back to normal without Good. feeling anything uh, about it. And uh, yeah. Good, good. A lot of people were saying in on Twitter that they were happy. I got a couple messages saying that they were glad that you're okay after your surgery. A lot of people were scared for a second there. Uh, yeah, I mean, things can always happen. You know what? Mostly they happen then shortly after the operation if you get an infection or something, you know. So I think that subject is uh, is closed uh, uh, in a way. That I, that I get an infection or something, it's too it's too late for an infection. So I think everything's healing out, and that will be good. And then soon we have the summer holidays where KJ is coming in, my son and the daughter from my uh, wife coming in, and then stuff like this. Okay. Uh, yeah, well, but I'm looking forward with the projects, like various projects. Uh, but I don't want to tell too much before we have anything, you know. So sure. Yeah. We never heard from the Blood Run video game guys again. We did not. Uh, so I don't know. I think that that's a done deal. I'm just going to leave it be. What do you say? Yeah. No, I'm also not really interested anymore. You okay. know, it's like because it's like I think our films really pushed the Blood Run. Yeah. And uh, uh, I, I, I think uh, it's. Yeah, what should they I had their they had their chance. We were we were interested. They took too long, and now you know the, that window is now closed. Yeah, so we'll we'll move the fuck on. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Okay, so have a good one. Enjoy the day. And yeah, they will hear us back. Yes, guys, come and uh, add us on Twitter. Uva Ball is Uva Ball 7. I'm Gary Otto, Gary Otto Zero on Twitter. We will see you next episode. Have a fantastic day. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.